everybody. So we're so excited. We are here to talk about the winter movie season. Our thoughts, what we liked, what we didn't like, and it should be pretty fun. And David Healy's here with me. Hey, thanks for having me back again. Yeah, thanks for coming. This is so fun. And we did our preview of March and April, kind of dividing it into smaller batches uh, for 2018. Uh, and um, so make sure you check that out. This is mainly December, January, and February. So movies. And we have a lot to go over. So some of these we'll talk about in more detail than others. So uh, please, if you want to know more about what we thought about certain films, then just say in the comments section or let us know what you think. And uh, so we're gonna start out with, uh, with an Oscar contender, Oscar winner as uh, best adapted screenplay. Uh, Call Me By Your Name. Uh, what, what did you think about this one? I mean, I really like Call Me By Your Name. Um, and I kinda knew I was going to like it. So um, I mean, it's about a gay couple, but they're two straight guys um, in real life. Right. They really had like palpable chemistry between them. And I think that was the best selling point of the movie. So yeah, I really loved it. Mm. Yeah, but I actually didn't know if you would love it because it's pretty, um, it has a very uh, l- luxurious pace, I guess you might say. Yep. It, it's a, but uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. I, the only flaw I really had with it was that just this whole sort of lifestyle of kind of whining and dining in, in Europe or whatever felt yeah. a little hard to relate to sometimes. Uh, and uh, I don't know, so, but it has tons of heart. And, uh, you know, there's some people who criticized it because he's technically underage, but like, I feel like he's 17, he's pretty, like, it, it'd be one thing if he was like 14, right. I don't know, I feel like 17, like he's pretty mature. And uh, so it didn't bother me. Uh, yeah, plus you have to think about the fact that 17 at this time was a legal age in Italy, so. Right. There was nothing illegal happening here. Right. And his parents were completely aware. And so, you know, I feel like that makes a difference as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a very beautiful. And I'm so glad that James Ivory finally won an Academy Award because I can't believe he never won anything with uh, his work with Israel uh, Merchant in the, uh, in the uh, 90s. He did so yeah. many great films. Uh, so that was cool too to see. Isn't he the o- oldest Oscar winner now? Yeah, the oldest yeah. ever. That's pretty um, cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So I have in my I have 148 films that I ended up seeing, 2017 releases, and I have Call Me by Your Name at number 24. Okay, so we have a pretty similar list um, number of movies. I have 146. Mm, okay. Um, and I have it ranked at 21. So oh, pretty, close. pretty close. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So then we have the Shape of Water. I finally did see this. Oh. <laughs> With the big, the Best Picture winner, and it does have pretty strong R-rated content. I was yeah. probably pretty right to be a little hesitant, but um, the way I felt about this movie, I think it's a good movie. But I feel, and and this is not necessarily a downside. I felt like it is a fairy tale for men is how I felt that it had, it had all the sort of classic beats of a fairy tale, but with a masculine kind of energy to it that uh, even in a lot of different ways in the way, even the sort of romantic scenes felt kind of like 
Um, there was sort of a forcefulness to it that to me felt kind of masculine. And so it just felt like this is Beauty and the Beast, but for men. And, uh, but I enjoyed it. It was good. Uh, but um, I don't know. That's just how, that was just my take. Okay. Did you feel the same way about Pan's Labyrinth? Uh, yeah, I think so. It sort of has a, uh, um, that one is even more sort of bloody and violent. Um, and that one is also about a, it's, it's, it's a little child. Um, but yeah, I think so. I did. I think I felt that way a little bit. Maybe it's just Guillermo del Toro. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) but I felt things particularly this one more than maybe Pan's Labyrinth was really trying to be a fairy tale. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, so that was my take. Yeah. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I liked it a lot, um, which when I talk to people about the movie, I probably don't give off the impression that I liked it a lot. The problem is it was just kind of overhyped for me. So I was expecting mm-hmm. something like much bigger than it was, much more original than it is. I don't think it's a very original story at all. No, it's a fairy tale. Right, yeah. I mean... I saw a video on Facebook comparing it to Splash, and it's crazy how similar it is to Splash. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen that video too. That's, right. But Splash is great. I mean, Yeah, I love Splash. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's so much good about this movie. Um, of, of course, um, the acting's great. Stylistically, it's perfect. The score's great. Um, there's one scene that, kind of took me out of it for a little bit and I know it's a pretty polarizing scene it's a dance scene kind of a fantasy number mm-hmm. um, I didn't enjoy that part too much but for the most part it was really good and I think it's worthy of being best picture even though it wasn't one of my top five choices yeah I think that I agree with you I mean I'm uh, on the same page I think an interesting exercise and a, um, but it you know it's just not a kind of movie that would be like favorite of mine but right. i liked it and i think it's right. worthy I, I was glad that it won over three billboards which i did not like so uh, that that was Those my happy- fighting words rachel fighting i know words. that that was my <laughs> happiness at the oscars I'm like, yay <laughs> um so i ended up having the shape of water at number 40 oh, okay ranking so, yeah so i'm definitely higher on it i had it at 24 but i'm not surprised that you had it lower like i was even I think I even told you, like, I'm not sure if you should see this, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I finally gave in. I, uh, what can I say? Uh, but uh, I just, you know, got to see the best picture winner. <laughs> right. Sure. Um, okay, so uh, then we have Wonder Wheel, which you saw. I did not. What do you think? Yeah, um, Wonder Wheel, I saw that. I, I was visiting my parents, and I saw that in Kentucky. Um, it was it was pretty good. I mean, I like Woody Allen's style. Um, I haven't really... I, I can't think of a Woody Allen movie that I've seen that I didn't like to some degree. I rarely love them, though. And that's how I felt about this, too. It's, it's pretty melodramatic, which Justin Timberlake starts off the movie by saying that it's going to be melodramatic. Um, it's, oh, interesting. Yeah, it's basically a complicated soap opera condensed to an hour and a half that takes place on Coney Island. Um, so it's enjoyable. I know there's a lot of stigma with Woody Allen right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. See yeah. it if you, if that, see it if that doesn't bother you. If it does bother you, don't see it. But 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's not a bad movie by any means. It's it's worth seeing once, I think. Okay, where'd you have it ranked? Um, I had it ranked 88. So I know that doesn't sound very high, but that is out of 146 yeah, no. movies. So it's not bad. Cool, that sounds good. Okay, then we have I, Tanya, And I... I admire that they tried something different with this movie and I totally get why some people love it, but I didn't love it. I felt like the movie was trying to have it both ways. They were trying to have her be this anti-hero and at the same time they were trying to make fun of her and she's this redneck hick, you know, who, who makes these terrible decisions. I actually really enjoyed this. Um, I, I did not have any of the complaints you had. Mm-hmm. If anything, my only complaint that I had was more of a technical issue there were times where she's skating and you can clearly see that Margot Robbie's face is like stuck on somebody else. Mm. It doesn't, it doesn't look real. So that's one, one of the only complaints I had about it. Um, I really liked the stylistic choices. I, I think they were fair with Tanya Harding. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I just really did not have any of the issues you had. Um, so I would highly recommend it. I thought it would have been a great Best Picture nominee, personally. Mm. Um, the acting, as you said, is is really strong. Allison Janney, I thought her performance was kind of one note. That's but exactly I, what I say, yeah. But I love her. And so I was, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited that now I have, uh, that now the parents and Juno are both Oscar winners. Um, because I right. love Juno so much. I was saying that on the Oscars, I'm like, I'm just going to pretend that they both won for Juno. <laughs> um but uh because they're so great uh and but yeah the acting is is really good it's it i I appreciate that they tried something different it's not terrible maybe i overspoke but i didn't end up uh loving it uh, like i'd hope to um i ended up at uh maybe this is gonna sound super high now but um after what i said i have it at 70 in my rank okay so yeah 70 does seem Hi, for you saying I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, fair. That's fair. <laughs> I have it but at 26. I think just for the performances and uh, alone and, and to try something different. But Star Wars The Last Jedi. And I'm very like mixed on this movie. Um, I loved Raylo so much. I thought they had such chemistry. I never would have thought that they would have such chemistry. I thought their scenes were amazing. I really liked the, uh, um, the 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 battle scenes. I thought were effective. I thought it looked really nice. It was overall, I think, entertaining. But I had major issues. I hated, I hated Space Leia so much. I thought it looked terrible and it was super cheesy, and I just didn't like it. I really didn't like Luke being the hologram. I thought that was very anticlimactic. Spoilers! Wow. <laughs> yeah well i mean everybody's seen last jedi at this point that's seen yeah probably it. um i didn't like the rose and finn plot very much i didn't think that worked uh especially them trying to sort of wedge in sort of modern day messaging animal rights and things like that didn't work didn't like that um i didn't like uh, admiral holdo uh, the large Jordan character didn't like her i felt like she got stuff that i wished that leia had had she, she got dialogue and conversation and, and choices that I wish Leia had had. Um, so I had problems with it. But overall, I still left feeling entertained and feeling like there was enough good for me to enjoy the experience, if that makes sense. Okay. 
Yeah, so I'm not huge on Star Wars like a lot of people are. I've seen all the movies. I've seen most of them more than once. I think um, the only one I haven't seen more than once is Rogue One. Um, Mm-hmm. But I think I have unpopular opinions when it comes to Star Wars. Um, when I was in high school, my favorite movie was The Phantom Menace of the Star Wars movies. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I actually really liked The Last Jedi more than I expected. And um, I don't know if it's in response to the negative feedback that it got that I didn't feel like was justified. Because it seemed like so many people who had problems with the movie and it doesn't sound like this is the case for you but most people it seems like their issue was oh it didn't follow what i wanted it to do it didn't have the twists i wanted and okay that would have been boring if it was as predictable as people had hoped it would be so i really enjoyed it i mean i liked rose and finn sure their their plot was pointless but i really thought rose was a fun and likable character Mm-hmm. Um, I it has my favorite battle scene of any Star Wars movie. Um, yeah, yeah, in the Snoke's little area with the the guards and their red robes. Um, yeah, and plus I've been I had so much fun with all those the the internet thing that started with that being put to different music. Did you ever see any of those? No. Oh my gosh, it was. It would be, I don't know for some reason it just never failed to make me laugh they, okay. they would put it to like everything uh there'd be like to the chicken song or whatever and it was <laughs> so funny i died laughing um but uh but i even did one one of my own to to let it go and i don't okay. know i just love it i think it was so hilarious but yeah i agree I'm having star wars the last jedi at number 41 on there right oh, okay um i had it at 30 hmm, okay yep um, I hate also, it. Are you, <laughs> are you pro Porg? Pro Porg. They were really okay. cute. Yeah, I thought. They were one of my favorite parts. Yeah, definitely. they were really cute. Um, and uh, oh my gosh, Raylo. What do you think of Raylo? Were you a fan? I mean, yeah, I, I liked it. I liked their dynamic. Um, oh Somebody yeah. needs to cast them together in like a romantic movie. <laughs> like non, like just like the actors, you know, because they had such chemistry. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so next we have Ferdinand. I saw this actually right before seeing Last Jedi, and I thought this was sweet. It's not a, like the best movie ever, but I thought it was overall sweet and uh, had a nice little message. And and um, I thought it had some funny parts, some good laughs. It's not. It's kind of forgettable, but I thought it was sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know you were. You had pretty low expectations for this. Yeah, the trailers were terrible. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, um, so I I also saw this in Kentucky. I was visiting my family. My mom um, had been diagnosed with leukemia recently, so oh, no. yeah. So I, I've been going back to visit them more often. And um, my mom had just gotten out of the hospital, and I said, "Let's go see a movie together." And I invited my dad. So the three of us, my, my, both of my parents and I went and saw Ferdinand, which was a cool experience for me because I can't remember the last time I've seen a movie with both of my parents. Mm. So, um, but yeah, I actually really enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. Um, it, it just, uh, yeah, the trailers didn't do it justice. It didn't do the story justice. Um, 
but yeah, there were a lot of really good characters, um, some good moments. It's not the most memorable movie, but it's one movie that I know I would have no problem putting it in my DVD player and watching it again. Yeah, agreed. So. I agree. Yeah, and, and the score actually I thought was really good. I it was mm-hmm. one of my favorites of the year. It was the okay. way that it inter inter um or the way it combined sort of the Spanish flair. Um, right. You know, I thought it was really solid, John Powell. I uh, and so I have it at fifty eight in my ranking. Okay, we're really close. I have it at sixty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Blue Sky they managed to I feel like always make um, these solid sort of base hits. Uh, right. I, I did love the Peanuts movie. That's the one that I thought was home run. But they make solid, entertaining movies, I think. Um, okay, so next we had Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. And I thought this was really funny. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, the trailers uh, you know, were kind of lame. I don't have a huge emotional attachment to the original. So I don't know if maybe that's part of the reason why I enjoyed it. Um, but I don't know. It just made me laugh. I thought it was funny. And uh, so it's as simple as that. Sometimes with comedies, that's just it. Didn't make me laugh. Then it succeeded in its job. If it did. Pretty simple with comedies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, this movie is one that I didn't have the highest expectations for. Um, but it did surpass them. But not by much. I do think it is a little bit overrated. It had some some funny moments. I thought a little a, a lot of the humor was kind of cheap, you know, like going for the the, the penis jokes, yeah. stuff like that. And and I mean, it had a good amount of action. I don't know. I I am more sentimental about the original than it sounds like you are. Um, so yeah, I I liked it. I didn't love it, and. I think it is a little bit overrated in my book, but it's been interesting to to watch mm-hmm. its um, box office run. Yeah, just do so well. Yeah. I and and mean it's the best movie I think Karen Gillum has been in. I I personally think I don't understand her as the thing. I I don't think she's a good actress, but she was fine. <laughs> so, yeah. Um. So I have it at fifty one in my ranking. Okay. I had it at. Let's see here. I had it at seventy. Mm. Um, also it's it's worth pointing out that it's out of uh, 2017 releases it's now the fourth highest grossing film from 2017 that's amazing yeah and it's right on the tails of Wonder Woman so I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up number three wow that's amazing yeah interesting all right the greatest showman we have next so I I've actually seen this four times. I I know it has flaws. I get it. It's it's not like the dialogue isn't the best, but I just really like the songs and I really like the old fashioned feel, the family message. I really like the, the overall message of this is me and you know be who you be who you are and, and don't be afraid of judgment of the world. And I I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I think it's really fun. And, uh, um, and so I have it really high in my rankings. I don't know. What, what about you? What do you think of the greatest showman? <laughs> okay. I, I really love the greatest showman too. Yay! Much more than I expected. I've seen it three times. No, yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing it a, a fourth time, honestly. Did um, you go to one of the sing-alongs? I didn't. I, I, I definitely considered it though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy that you liked it. <laughs> oh yeah. 
Yeah. So a lot of people, well, okay, specifically one person I know had an issue with this movie because of the real P.T. Barnum not having a great reputation, not being as great of a person as he's portrayed in this film. But I don't care. I mean, this is a fictional film. For for all I care, this is a a completely made-up story. It might as well be. Exactly. um, I love the music so much. Like, my least favorite song is still a great song. Like, yeah, I think that's probably Tightrope, but I still love Tightrope. Oh, yeah. I think the weakest song is the uh, Never Never Again. Never Enough? Never Enough, yeah. That's your favorite. That's your favorite? I still like it, but it's probably my least favorite of the movie. But it was really charming and really infectious and really positive and I like that you can take the whole family I, and everybody can enjoy it. And like it has, I mean, this movie is super popular in Utah, big time popular. Some things I could nitpick about the movie though. Um, I think my main issue is that you have such a diverse cast, but mm-hmm. they really gave storylines to all the white characters. Yeah, that's fair. They kind of wasted all the minorities, except for probably Zendaya. She had a little bit of a story. We didn't know much about her background, but at least she had a little bit of a story going on. Yeah. Even uh, the bearded lady didn't have that much of a story in there. Yeah, so. that's fair. Um, I agree with you there. Uh, and I, the dialogue could have been better. It's a little clunky, but I don't know. I just really enjoyed it. And yeah. so I have it at 13 in my ranking. Oh, okay. See, okay. I think I like it more than you do. I have it at number four. That makes yeah. me happy. That makes me really happy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and I don't know, like, there's part of me that's like, because I have, I have Dunkirk at 12, and I'm like, do I really like Dunkirk more? Mm. Like, I, I think it's a better movie, but do I right. like it better? Like, that's where I... <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see that. I The rankings are I, dumb in the end. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Every time I saw the movie, I would move The Greatest Showman up because I'm like, this is a ranking of my personal favorites. I yeah. can't, I'm not being objective. This is completely subjective. So yeah. I kept moving it up. Like Dunkirk, I probably would have given best picture to Dunkirk. But um, yeah, I still enjoy The Greatest Showman a lot. More. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so Pitch Perfect 3. <sighs> this movie brought out my angry side. I did. I love the first Pitch Perfect movie. I love it. I think it's so funny. I think it has such heart. I just love it. I love the music. This movie, well, the second one wasn't as good, but it was watchable, I think. And then the third one I thought was just absolutely terrible. Like, what are they doing having Fat Amy become like an action star in the last third of the movie? She's like karate chopping people and like saving them from her weird horribly acted father like John Lithgow was so bad in it with this stupid accent I said in my review I thought that he should be banned from ever going to Australia (laughs) ever with that horrible accent I thought all of the songs were basically lame I mean they don't even have that many acapella songs they got all these other songs and and uh, I I I did not understand them them changing Becca like all she wanted to do was produce music. That was her dream. And she like discards it just because of some stupid, you know, bratty pop, whatever rapper guy, you know, some difficult star. She, and, and she had never had any dreams of becoming a solo singer. That was never anything that she wanted. And she didn't even want to be part of the Bellas, you know, that she wanted to produce music. That was her 
everything. And she just like discards it for nothing in this. And that really irritated me. They just like discard the boys and, you know, cause obviously they weren't returning, but they just like in one line, uh, which was annoying. I really did not like this DJ guy that like took up tons of time. I, I was so irritated with this movie. I did not like it at all. And uh, there you go. <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie was disappointing and, but I knew I was going to be disappointed. There, yeah, that's fair. The trailers were really terrible. Yeah. It's really sad how much Pitch Perfect has hurt its legacy with these sequels. Yeah. Um, you, you would think that they could come up with something better because the first one just, it, it became like a viral sensation almost because like it, it wasn't very popular when it was in the theaters, but everybody was watching it when it came out on DVD. Um, yeah, this movie, it just, it didn't do anything for me. What I like about the first one and to, to a degree, the second one is there are songs that you just can't help but remember and keep thinking about. And it brings you to Spotify or whatever to listen to the soundtrack. I have yeah. zero desire to listen to the soundtrack. They didn't do anything special with the songs. Yeah. It might as well just been karaoke, like pretty good karaoke. Yeah. Plus, I, I hate DJ Khaled. So yeah. his involvement in, yeah. So, yeah, it was really just, I, I don't want to make it sound like I hated the movie because it was, it was fine, I guess. It was yeah. fine. But it could have been so much better. Like, this is the easiest movie in the world to write. Like, seriously, all if you want to have a pitch perfect movie after they're finished college, just have them enter like a re, like a um like a reality show kind of thing for acapella groups, which they've done. They've had those shows, so have them enter one of those, and then you know, trying to you know, and you can have various things happen, conflict, whatever, and and that that makes it so easy to have the songs, so easy, to, you know, it just works. Like Becca would probably be in LA, so it makes sense, you know, where they'd be filming it, and uh, mm-hmm. just have them get together and be on a reality show. There you go, you got your movie. Instead of having what on earth having Fat Amy like this action star, it was so bizarre. I do not understand what on earth. I have it at 143. Oh wow, yeah. I really hated it. it was- <laughs> really okay, hated. but would you have hated it this much if it was a movie like standalone film? Um, probably not, but okay. I, but I, yeah, I mean, his accent was so bad and, um, I don't know, it's something that was very special to me. Like I hardly ever have new comedies that I love, you know, mm-hmm. like current comedies and I loved the first pitch perfect so much. And so it, it really bummed me out. Okay. I had it at 92. So. Okay. King of generosity. No, <laughs> oh, okay. So then we have uh, downsizing, which I did not. I've not seen yet. I know you really liked it. Yeah, I really liked downsizing. Yeah. I saw it twice. Um, so I mean, I, I was really intrigued by the trailers, but I don't think it even did it justice. And this is such an un- unpopular opinion because apparently a lot of people hate this movie. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I, it's. It's got, it's kind of a message movie, kind of a liberal message movie. So it's not for everybody, um, but just some of the acting. Okay, I'll be honest. Hong Chow mm-hmm. plays uh, this Vietnamese refugee who loses her leg and becomes a cleaning lady 
in this uh, community uh, with these downsized people. And she made the movie for me. She was yeah. amazing. There were moments where she like had me cracking up, where she tugged at my heartstrings. She doesn't show up till halfway through the movie, but the second half of the movie with her in it was enough to really make me love this movie. And I cannot believe she was not nominated for an Oscar. Like, it was the biggest robbery of Oscar season for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just great. And any flaw that the movie had, she made up for. I've heard that from other people. I definitely want to say, because I do love Alexander Bain, but I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Um, but I wanted to mention two real quick, two Christmas movies that I saw that you didn't see. Um, one is called The Moomins and the Winter Wonderland. And this is okay. a super cute animated movie uh, about these uh, Moomin trolls that are popular in like Sweden and Finland and whatever. And it's a uh, stop motion. And they actually took like, they took clips from a old TV show and they actually were able to combine it together to create something new. It was kind of cool. And it's very, very sweet. And it has Alicia Vikander and um, uh, Bill Skarsgård as voices. And so if you, if you want just a sweet little movie for your like little toddlers, five and nine, you know, like kindergartners kind of thing, they'll love it. And uh, um, I have it at 62. And then the other holiday uh, film that I have is a spectacularly terrible movie that uh, I, you know, it's, it's hard doing rankings on, on movies that are so bad they're good because it's absolutely terrible and I have it very low in my rankings, but is the movie Pottersville. And this movie is, is just, it has to be seen to be believed. Um, it has Michael Shannon uh, starring as this man who's this general store owner and he comes home one day and he finds out that his wife has decided to become a furry and, uh, and played by Christina Hendricks. And so his, his response to that is to become Big, Bigfoot and like he starts like scaring the town and these Bigfoots, it's, it's completely insane and ridiculous. And there's all these like allusions to It's a Wonderful Life, which feels so weird, like in this Bigfoot movie. And it's just terribly, like it's so bad, but it is, it is hilarious uh, in, in that so bad it's good level. I mean, I'm at 145 because it is spectacularly okay. bad. But, uh, but oh my gosh, you got to see it. It's probably the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen. To check that out. By the way, I didn't say downsizing is 17 for me for the year. Oh, okay, great. So Darkest Hour uh, was the Churchill movie with Gary Oldman. He won and asked for. So I thought this was kind of boring. It was fine. I didn't, it was well made, put together, but it was kind of dull in my opinion. Yeah. Um, there's not much more to say. Yeah. It, 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 it's a well-made movie. Joe Wright did a good job. It's just not the most entertaining movie. Um, there's one scene that I really enjoyed. Um, it's a scene where Winston Churchill goes on the subway and he's talking to everyday normal people about what they expect from their government, mm-hmm. what they think that they should do regarding this war. And that was a very powerful scene for me, but for the most part, um, it didn't excite me. I thought I thought that um, Gary Oldman did a great job, um, and he definitely earned his Oscar. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's not something I'll rewatch. Yeah, I have it at seventy one on my ranking. Okay. I had it at eighty four. Mm, okay, yeah, it's it's in that like I have like probably fifteen movies that are I like I admire, but I so I admire for various accomplishments, but I didn't really right. like love. Anyway, that's right in there um, mm-hmm. with Itanya and some of the other we'll talk about. But um, okay, so Father Figures, you you saw that? Yeah, I saw Father Figures. Um, it was funny-ish. It didn't leave a lasting impression for me. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's a low low belt humor again. Um, so I I don't know. I would if you don't have high standards for comedies, I'd recommend it. Okay. Um, but yeah, this this is actually my lowest ranking movie of the 2017 movies that we're talking about. Oh. So I have it. I have it at 107. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Then we have the post. This was our Steven Spielberg, uh, Meryl Streep, Tom Hanks movie. I actually I was going into this expecting it to be super preachy, and there's a little bit of there's there is a fair amount of of you know talking about current events or whatever, but I felt like he didn't forget to still make an entertaining movie with tension and, and good performances. And it wasn't like I hated the movie, the, the conspirator with, it was a Robert Redford movie that was so heavy handed. I felt like in the modern day uh, um, metaphor, I guess that really irritated me. Um, this, I didn't, I felt like was still an entertaining movie. I actually quite enjoyed it very much. I thought the performances were good and I thought it clicked along nice. It wasn't too, it wasn't boring. And uh, so, yeah, I liked it. What did you think? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was pretty good. Um, It's, they managed to make something suspenseful and tense that you wouldn't expect the storyline to be that tense, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't have put it up for best picture. Um, definitely not when when I think about the others that could have been nominated instead. The performances were pretty good. I wouldn't have put up. I wouldn't put Meryl Streep for Best Actress though. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just kind of like obligatory at this point. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like Steven Spielberg. He he can't make anything bad in my book, basically. Um, I mean, I thought this was way better than Bridge of Spies. I thought it was way okay. more like tightly written. It was way more uh, less boring than okay. uh, than Bridge of Spies. I I just thought it was better in pretty much every way um, than Bridge of Spies, and I certainly thought it was better than BFG. So, uh, but it was pretty impressive that he made it and like he, he's like started making it at the beginning of the year. And okay. he pulled it off in, in an incredibly short period of time, which is interesting. But anyway, yeah. yeah, I have it at 21 on my ranking. Oh, wow. I didn't expect it to be that high for you. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I had it at 79. Mm, so, okay. yeah, I just wanted to add, though, like, I, my friends and I had been wondering, like, what was the timeline on creating this film? So that's interesting because yeah. it really is, like, regardless of political beliefs, I think everybody should realize that the media shouldn't be silenced. And so, so it is a timely topic. Um, I don't want to get on any soapbox about that, but. No, No, I agree. I just, I don't want a movie to be more about message than about 
the movie. You know what I mean? Like, right. unless it's a I documentary, agree. I guess. And I was worried that it would, there would, that it would be. It's not as good as, as in my opinion, as Spotlight. Spotlight right. characters and was more emotional for me. Um, but, uh, but I, uh, yeah. But I don't know. I just thought it it, it walked that. Like I said, compared to if you see this movie, The Conspirator, which I just thought was so heavy-handed. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. So then we have um, Hostels. I did not get to see this one. What do you think? Uh, um, Hostels, I thought looked better than it turned out to be. Um, it wasn't the most entertaining movie. It wasn't the most original either. Um, some of the acting was pretty questionable. Um, but yeah, it still wasn't bad. I, it's, it's kind of the definition of an okay movie for me for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty graphic, pretty gory. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, it wouldn't be something I would highly re- recommend at all. All right. Sounds good. I, yeah. I ranked this, um, 81. Okay. Um, then we have all the money in the world. <clears throat> I just saw this the same day as I saw The Darkest Hour, and I kind of hey. feel the same way about both of them. I felt like both of them were well made. Both of them were, you know, they did a good job, but it was kind of boring. I felt I I just didn't get like emotionally invested in this kid and his sort of story, even though they did a good job as far as the acting and the other stuff. I don't know. I just felt like it was a little too slow for me. I mean, it is a little bit slow. Um, I did enjoy it, though. I was invested in the character. I thought Charlie Plummer was was very good. Like, I think he's kind of the unsung hero of this movie. People are talking about um, Christopher Plummer. Plummer. Yeah, but I think Charlie and I, they're not related as far as I know. Um, but yeah, I actually yeah. enjoyed him more. I, Michelle Williams. I think it was, yeah, her character, I didn't bond as much as I wanted to with i don't know she was she was she just i I just didn't she was a little hard to hard to relate to sometimes yeah it was subtle her performance was subtle but i appreciated that um because i think sometimes that's more realistic but then again i sound like a hypocrite because i thought casey affleck was way too subtle in um shoot what uh manchester by the sea oh so, um, yeah, I have it at 73. I didn't hate it. It okay. was a little slow for me. Yeah, I have it at 52. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so then we have Molly's Game. Didn't see that one. Um, what did you think? Um, Molly's Game is a really well-made movie. Um, the people that I went to see it with, they all enjoyed it more than I do. Um, really, the screenplay is something that uh i mean aaron sorkin is known for his his screenplays obviously but um he did a great job with the dialogue with the pacing um it was just the characters that's my problem with sorkin because i feel like yeah his dialogue is really good but a lot of times his characters are kind of one note yeah and i could see that um maybe to a degree with this but jessica chastain her character was probably one of the most dynamic characters I saw in 2017. So she did a great job. She should have been nominated for Best Actress over Meryl Streep. Um, But yeah, it's a good movie. 
plot-wise, thematically, it was hard for me to connect. I don't know much about poker. I know poker isn't really um, the whole story. There's a lot more to it than that. But it, it just made it a little difficult for me to get into it. But I do appreciate it as a, a very good film. Um, and I would probably watch it again. I had this ranked at 59. Okay. Um, so the next we have Phantom Thread. And so this is another one that's in my group of movies I admire more than I like. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, it was very well made, very well put together. Um, it uh, to Paul Thomas Anderson and it was had good, the actors did a good job with what was given to them. But my problem is I just didn't emotionally connect with the movie. I felt like it was a little slow. And I, I, I don't know, I just felt like the characters were kind of inconsistent. Like one minute they would be the girl, one minute the female character would be kind of sheepish and, and quiet. And then, and then the next minute she'd be doing these bold, really like, and boisterous kind of things and starting fights and stuff. And, and I, I felt like it didn't, I don't know, it just didn't quite work for me uh, what it was trying to do. But it's really beautifully made and it has lots to admire about it. And I'm glad I saw it. Um, but anyway, it's right in that middle spot for me. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I agree with you about the characters. I, I see that as them being dynamic. I felt like there was a time and a place when they acted certain ways. Um, like usually when it's just the two of the main characters, then you see her come out more and um, pester him. It, it was just so funny to watch him get annoyed at the smallest yeah, thing. That was good. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's a much funnier film than somebody would expect like just based on the trailer. I thought the trailer looked so boring, mm-hmm. but I actually laughed a lot. Um, I thought it had a lot of personality. Um, I probably would not have put it up for best picture, but there is a lot to appreciate about the film, as you said. Um, even the ending, like it, it, the ending like leaves you like wondering, okay, what's going on here with, with these two people? And my friends and I, like we just, talked about it for a good 15 minutes after the movie ended um so i think it's a good one to watch with people and talk about afterwards and i think that helps that helps you appreciate it more i don't know if you had that type of experience no uh i i ended up with it at 69 in my right okay so basically Um, like phantom thread i tanya darkest hour all the money in the world they're all movies that i admire but didn't like love okay i had it at 54 Okay, cool. Good. Okay, so now we are actually in 2018, and we're getting into 2018. Um, all right, so we have Insidious The Last Key. I know you weren't that high on this, on the franchise. What did you think in the end of it? Yeah, okay, so the Insidious movies, they just don't leave an impression on me. Um, the, I, I can hardly tell you anything that's happened in any of them, and it's the same case with this one. While I was watching it, I was entertained enough, but yeah, it just, it didn't stick with me. So I can't, I can't be very high on it. I have it ranked at 13 for the year out of 17 movies that I've seen. I've actually seen 19 movies, but I haven't put in two movies yet. So it would drop to 15. Okay. Um, Yeah. I heard that um, Lynn Shea is good in it, but I 
that's all that's all I've sort of heard is that she elevates it a little bit interacting. Okay. Um, but I don't know. Um, so next we have uh, I want to talk about a movie called Faces Places. This is a documentary. This is 2017 technically, uh, but I didn't see it until uh, January. Um, this is a documentary by, uh, by Agnes Varda about her and her friend JR who go around France and do these um, photographic installations and they absolutely should have won best documentary really the documentary branch is so ridiculous I hate the documentary branch and I uh, and it's just this movie was so sweet it was so funny and I really liked the art the art was really good like sometimes installation art can be super pretentious and annoying but this was so sweet and so fun and uh, it I can't imagine honestly anybody disliking this movie it is so sweet and so cheerful and uh the only real like flaw with it is that you don't really get to know jr very much it's kind of agnes's story but she is the best and i resent the fact that we didn't get to see a uh we didn't get to have any any words from her or whatever at the academy awards because she it would have been i don't think she was there but still like if we could have heard from her from jr that would have been the best in the the, the olympics movie one oh made me so mad but uh but it's just a sweet movie i really recommend it it'll make you feel good about the world and uh i have it at 17 on my ranking but i don't know like once once i get into like my top 20 it's pretty interchangeable they're all movies because i love the movies for different reasons so it's really hard but it's very lovely yeah and this yeah. this is one that uh it came into our local art house theater for like one week in December. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't heard much about it then, so I didn't see it. And I, like, regretted it later on because I've heard a lot of really good things about it. Yeah. It has 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. I was surprised it didn't win the Oscar. I was surprised it should have won. Like, I haven't seen that Icarus movie, but there's no way it's better than Faces Places. <laughs> but the Academy loves those, like, social conscious think pieces rather than, like, when I think, uh, I don't know, rather than more like ambitious documentaries, in my opinion, but that's another story for another day. Um, and the best documentaries didn't even get on the short list, which made me so angry, but, um, okay. So let's talk about Paddington two. And I love this movie so much. This movie is such a delight. It's so sweet. It's so funny. It's just great. I loved it. I, it is perfect to me. I just thought it was just one of the best family films I've seen in a long time. It might even be better than the original because Hugh Grant was so good as the villain. Um, yeah, I loved it. What do you think? Yeah, I, it was uh, it was great. There's not much more to say than that. Like yeah. it's super close with the first one. I yeah, I don't know which one I would rank higher. This is um, this is one I had to convince my friends. Like, none of my friends had seen Paddington. I'm like, okay, we're getting together. We're having a Paddington movie night. And then we'll go see it a few days later when it comes out in theater. So we did that. And all of my friends really liked Paddington, too. Yeah. Um, it's like Faces so, Places. Like, you just can't not like it. It's so cheerful and great. And, right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely one of my favorites of the year, which I expected. Yeah. I have it at number two for the year. I have it at number one and I have seen, okay. I've, my ranking has 26 movies cause I have 18 movies 
that I saw at Sundance. So for 2018, because I've been sick. So I, I, I haven't uh, been quite as good as I probably should have been um, about going to films uh, this year in 2018. I had The Commuter, and I liked this better than I feel like most did. I thought it was super entertaining. It was very tightly edited. It wasn't boring. I, I thought it... I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought Liam Neeson was good. I, I liked the story. It's just sort of this, I don't know, I just thought it was entertaining. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, this is definitely like Liam Neeson's niche now. Um, yeah, and maybe that's part of it is I haven't seen a lot of his movies, his action movies. Uh, I just haven't. And so maybe that's why it maybe felt a little more fresh to me than maybe okay. it did for some other people. Yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. It keeps you guessing. It keeps you on your toes. Um, it's yeah, it's a good whodunit, basically. Um, and there's nothing predictable about it, I wouldn't say. Uh, but yeah, I thought it, there was some craft to it. Like, I felt like it was pretty well made. Like, I don't know. I just enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I don't want to make it sound like I loved it, or it's it's definitely not going to be high up on my year-end rankings, but at least I hope. That would be kind of sad. <laughs> for me. But yeah, it's very it's a very, very solid movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was just an entertaining watch, if you want mm -hmm. a fun movie. I have it right now at number six. Okay, I have it at seven. Okay, cool. All right, so then we have Proud Mary. I didn't, I didn't see this. Yeah, um, consider yourself things. consider yourself lucky. Um, <laughs> it is so much worse than I expected. Uh, a, yeah. First of all, I'm pretty sure that Taraji P. Henson is the only woman in this entire movie. And there's a good 100 people, 100 guys that she kills throughout the movie. It's pretty violent. The story is, the story is very poorly written. Um, it was extremely disappointing. Uh, I even dozed off for a little bit during the movie, which I shouldn't have been with as much shooting as was going on in the movie, but it was just bad, like bad, bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it, it is number 17 out of 17 for me. Mm. Okay. Uh, it sounds good. So then we had Mary and the Witch's Flower, which was technically a 2017 release. And I was pretty happy this did pretty well. Like they actually had to have two more um, like event, like two two additional weekends that it was playing. So that's good uh, to see the support of anime it made me happy. Um, and this is the first film from a studio called Studio Punic. And I felt like it was a solid base hit first film. It it was pretty creative. It's kind of um, uh, Kiki's delivery service meets Harry Potter kind of a thing. And uh, this this girl finds out she's a witch and she ends up going to this witch school. And uh, it was cute. It, it's in it, the animation was pretty pretty good, uh, but it, it it's it does feel a little bit forgettable and it doesn't have like the emotional weight of like really good anime. But I liked it. So I ended up in, this is my 2017, Mary and the Witch's Flower ended up at number 33 for me. Okay. On my ranking. Pretty high. Yeah, I liked it. It was good. Um, and then she, the Maze Runner, Death Cure, I did not see this. I, I'm not a fan of this franchise, so I didn't. Okay. I, when I was sick and whatever. Didn't yeah. see it. 
Yeah, I, I like this franchise. This is probably my least favorite of the three. Okay. I don't know, it's pretty close with two. Um, but yeah, it it's it's got a lot of really good moments. It's it's intense at points. Um, I didn't love it, but I liked it well enough. I it was pretty much what I expected it to be. Um, so if you like the franchise, I would definitely say finish it out with this one. It doesn't hurt. But yeah, I have this ranked at number six. Hmm. Okay, cool. All right, now we have Peter Rabbit. Okay, so I, like in my notes from, from those, I said this movie can die. Like I went into <laughs> this movie not expecting to like it at all. Like, but I always, I always, when I sit in that seat, I try to give every movie the benefit of the doubt. I really do my best. Um, and I think this was better than I expected it to be. Uh, I still have some, I thought that it was very random, like it, in the sense of like, you have your protagonist that like, sometimes I felt like we were supposed to like the Domino Gleason character. And then other times I felt like he was supposed to be the antagonist, but then sometimes he's the romantic lead. And I just felt like there were a lot of things about it that felt very random. And even the music, I was like, why all of a sudden they're playing opera and then they're playing hip hop. And then it's like, it just felt extremely weird and random to me. And there were some jokes that landed. I thought some of the animation was nice. Um, I thought that Roseburn was sweet in it. Um, but there were some jokes that didn't land at all. And I hated like the, the putting a carrot in the man's butt. Like that was just like, what is this? And I, uh, I, and yeah, a lot of big to do about the allergy joke, which was probably in poor taste, but I, whatever. Um, I don't know. It was hit and miss for me, but that was better than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about this a little bit, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it was just hit for me. Like yeah. it was so much better than I thought it would be. Your issues were not issues for me. Um, it's definitely the most I've laughed at a movie this year. I was constantly mm -hmm. laughing, which I did not expect at all. I liked what they did with the music. I liked that uh, that Donald, Donald Gleason's character was so dynamic. I can see how that could be an issue for some people, but I mean, it. I liked guessing, like, should I like this guy or not? Um, yeah, I just the humor, I thought it was great for adults and for kids. Um, so much better than I expected. So yeah, I liked it a lot. Cool, good. And yeah, and, uh, yeah. This one I put at number five. I know I just I was kind of okay on Maze Runner, and I had that at six. It's worth noting there is a big gap between Peter Rabbit and Maze Runner. Okay, cool. Well, I have it at seventeen, but in in all fairness, that includes like eight Sundance movies. So like. <laughs> <laughs> and Sundance movies so it, it, it we uh it would be higher uh, it sounds lower than it really is but yeah anyway I have it 17 okay. out of 26 so there you go all right um so the big bad fox and other tales this movie was very sweet this is another 2000 technically 2017 release uh this is if, if it comes on Netflix you should look out for it it's really funny it's just basically these like short stories of this fox and I don't know, his like funny adventures. It's just a sweet little animated movie, uh, short stories. 
Um, and I have it at 19 in my 2007 ranking. It's really funny. I, I really enjoyed it. So, and it has one Christmas um, short. So, uh, mm-hmm. where he ends up becoming Santa, the fox is really cute. So, I recommend that one a lot. Um, and then next we have Black Panther, and I really enjoyed this a lot. I thought it was really good. I liked the way that. Uh, you had this sort of different philosophy of you had Black Panther who wanted to stay at T'Challa, who wanted to stay isolated like his father, you know, to protect the vibranium and to protect Wakanda. Whereas you had the uh, Killmonger come in and feel like that's shameful. Then why aren't they out there sort of helping people and helping, you know, people that, that, that are repressed and struggling and whatever and why are they being selfish and I thought the dynamic was really good the characters were amazing and the only flaw I have with it is in the middle there's a point where T'Challa is is kind of taken out of the picture and I felt like when he was gone it started it dragged a little bit I really missed his sort of appearance in the movie I missed his presence in the movie for that like middle period but other than that, I really liked it. That was great. Okay. Um, I hated this movie. No, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it was, it was very good. Um, I, was, I was not super high on it going into it. I thought, okay. it, I thought it looked like it took itself too seriously. Uh-huh. And I like my Marvel movies to have humor. Yeah, luckily, it's not as good to me as Thor Ragnarok, which was... Oh, no, no, no. But uh, luckily, this did have humor to it, which was enough for me to be satisfied. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to to see it. Um, like you said, the three lead female characters, I loved them so much. Like I could have had a movie with just those three, and I would have loved it. Me too. Um, I like the soundtrack a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, great villain, uh, one of the better villains I would say in a Marvel movie. Um, yeah, because he's I, right. Like villains are always interesting. Like I, unless it's like a. Like, I love, like, a really, like, really old-fashioned, over-the-top, ridiculous villain. You know, like, mm-hmm. someone like Maleficent or whatever. Like, I love that. But, like, if you're going to do the whole layered villain, like, it's really, like, he had a valid point of view. He just took it to this dark place, you know, right. where he wanted to invade other countries and wanted to tell them how to run their countries. And so he, he had, but he had a good core kernel of truth in what he believed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I I definitely agree with that. And I liked that there were some unexpected turns. Like, specifically, there was a character that I thought was going to be a bigger deal in the movie. And suddenly, they were completely out of the picture, which I didn't expect. I don't know if I want to spoil it, just because, like, there might be people that still haven't seen this, even though it's the ninth biggest movie in history, domestically. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's also worth pointing out that this movie is very important. Um, yeah. For sure. like it, it's great that we've, we have such a successful film um, starring almost a fully black cast. Like that, that's, that's great. Um, I'm, I'm very happy for the African-American community and everybody else who gets to enjoy it too. Yeah. So. yeah and it, it's not only that it, cause there obviously have been, uh, African American superheroes, uh, characters like Blade and things like that. But mm-hmm. in this case, you have a you have a real sort of sense of African culture, 
right and, which was definitely which is definitely unique i can't think of and like in most movies that have an african-american cast always have like the white person who's sort of narrating like like as if we need sort of the white narrator you know like movies like glory or or whatever or you know that that and that drives me crazy i i hate that even even a movie like the book of life which i liked um that's a latino but they have the white museum uh director or whatever that's the narrator of this latino right. story i'm like <laughs> why did you do that like that drives me crazy and i love the fact that they just trusted this and they yeah they have a couple white characters but like it's their story and it's firmly planted in a, in a sense of place and some people complained about the action that it looked kind of cheesy towards the end. I don't know. I just don't care about that in these kind of movies. Yeah. It has to be super bad for me to care. Right. Um, and uh, usually that's because I'm not enjoying the movie in other ways. Um, but anyway. Yeah. And also this, uh, this is the second biggest Marvel movie already. And I think it's on path to surpass Avengers and become the biggest Marvel movie, which is kind of crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, it's still, I think Avengers made up $1.5 billion. Okay, well, I'm just talking domestically. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I can could, I could see it. It's really, really doing well. Um, and interesting that they decided to bump up Avengers and Infinity War, bump it up a month. Um, yeah, uh, because I think it's just trying to ride off this wave of mm-hmm. enthusiasm for... I didn't even know they were doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah, they bumped it up in April. Okay. So... All right, so then we have Early Man. This was from the Art. Oh, wait, where did you rank that? Oh, sorry. Yeah, 2018 rankings. I have Black Panther at number five. Okay. Um, and, and there are three Sundance movies ahead of it that I have. Okay, I have it at number four. So if you didn't include the Sundance movies, it would be number two. Okay. It's really good. Um, okay, so then, uh, yeah, then we have Early Man. And uh, this was from the team at Ardman, and I've really loved all of their movies. So I guess it's, I'm going to sound more negative than it probably deserves, but I was very excited for it, and I was pretty disappointed actually by this movie. It's not awful, it's fine, it, uh, but I just didn't think it was very funny, uh, and it was kind of slow for me. Uh, and I guess I just was going into expecting it to have all these these sort of prehistoric jokes and and it was basically a soccer movie it was an underdog sports underdog movie and i'm not that into soccer and i feel like a lot of the jokes probably really killed it in uk you know like there were like bc united you know jokes and stuff like that 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 i know that those are teams in the uk and things like that that probably really landed there um but for me i don't know i was just i just didn't think it was that funny and uh, so, so I was kind of disappointed by it, but I don't think it's awful. It's fine. But anyway, that's where I'm at on it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same way. I, I didn't have high expectations to begin with. It's not my style of animation. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I didn't laugh too much. I did laugh a little bit. Um, I didn't realize I was going to watch a sports movie. So yeah. that kind of got me off guard. Yeah, me too. Um, I guess I was hoping it'd be more about uh, prehistoric times, like yeah. something like the Crudes, kind of, you know? Exactly. Yes, exactly. That's a good comparison. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was fine. So. 
Yeah, it's so a I bunch of eyes. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I have it at sixteen, okay. so I have it just above Peter Rabbit, which I don't know. So I, Aww. yeah. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> I have it at ten. Ten. Okay. Okay. So then we have Annihilation, and this is the Alex Garland follow-up to Ex Machina um, about this shimmer and these female scientists going into the shimmer to explore it. And I said in my review, and maybe this is a little harsh, but it's kind of how I felt. Um, I feel like this movie is, I said that it was stupidity wrapped in smart clothing. And so it's the kind of movie that makes you feel like it's doing all these brave things and it's being so like ambitious and whatever. But really when you like cut it down, it's kind of a mess. Like the, this, the like what the heck is it trying to say is it trying to talk about marriage is it trying to talk about uh like it's a female sexuality at certain points it seems like it is at certain points it seems like it's talking about uh these you know that's about uh evolution and human uh human mutation and and, uh, and the environment and and it's just very muddled and like at the core it's basically like a monster movie but like slow and kind of boring monster movie. And I don't know, I just, I came out of it being like, I feel like I should like this, but I was very irritated with it. And, uh, and it, it took me a while to kind of sort of figure out why it irritated me so much. And I think it had a lot of potential, but I don't know, I just felt like it was muddled. I felt like it was, it was not successful in doing what it was trying to do, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. Well, this might be one of our biggest disagreements ever. <laughs> so, first of all, you, you're saying that you didn't understand what it was trying to be about. I think the best thing that I've heard is that it's about cancer. Uh, one of the, one of the uh, characters has cancer. And this thing's spreading kind of like a cancer, changing things, somewhat destroying things. Um, if it's about cancer, though, then why do they have all this stuff about her relationship and her affair and stuff like that? Okay. Yeah, I do agree that there were, like, her affair. I, I, that was my biggest thing is, like, how did, how did that come into play at all? Like, what did that matter? My guess is they were trying to be true to book. But um, I actually was was on the edge of my seat for pretty much the whole film, um, especially the big climax at the end. I won't give away too much, but there's a scene in the lighthouse, which is where they're heading to. Um, and during that scene in the lighthouse, my eyes were wide. I was on the edge of my seat. I was just like, I was just so captivated that entire scene. Like it was beautiful. It was intense. Um, it was mind-bending like it brought me back to when I was a kid and I first saw um, Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind it reminded me so much of that feeling that I had just at the end of the movie where you see the aliens come out at Close Encounters this movie gave me that exact same kind of feeling of wonder and like wow what am I watching so it was enough to take this movie that I was kind of nervous about, but was really enjoying throughout, and it put it at number one for the year. So, cool. Yeah, I found it very frustrating. I even the, like those were beautiful scenes, 
but what was it to what end? Like, I don't know. I just felt like this movie was, I don't know, Sound and Fury signified nothing. I just didn't like it. I thought that it was very muddled and like it didn't know what it was trying to say. And, and so it just irritated me. <laughs> I didn't like it. But, uh, but yeah, there you go. So I have Annihilation at 19. Okay. Of my ranking of 26 because it is kind of hurts my heart Rachel I didn't like it I, <laughs> I cannot tell a lie I didn't think it was good um okay so uh then we had game night I actually saw game night on the same night as annihilation <laughs> so thank goodness um I I didn't expect to see game night it looks like the type of thing I typically wouldn't like but I had enough friends who were like it's so funny and it's really not not too bad as far as, as the content. And, um, and I thought this movie was so funny. I was dying laughing. I, I don't know, just like practically every joke hit for me. I, I love Kyle Chandler in this role. Cause like, I'm used to seeing him as like coach Taylor and like these dramatic roles, Manchester by the sea and stuff. And him like, like, I thought he was so funny. And I, I just, I liked the whole cast. I thought they all were funny. And maybe it's partly because my family is like super competitive about games and like super hardcore about stuff like this. So maybe that's part of the reason why it rang really true to me and was very funny. Um, and yeah, it's one of my favorite comedies I've seen in a long time. I really liked it. I thought that scene where he's like with the dog and the, the bloody dog was so <laughs> hilarious. I was dying and uh i mean not every gag works i but i don't know enough did that i really enjoyed it yeah no i i definitely agree i i really love this movie and i think i can relate as well i'm very competitive like it starts off they meet each other at like bar trivia and i i do bar trivia twice a week with my friends oh, you do? Uh-huh. yeah i do so and my team is really good so we would beat them yeah. but um yeah, it it was very funny. Um, it was everything I hoped it would be. The characters were all, they all worked for me. I mean, there was one character that I didn't really get the, her point in being there. It was the Irish lady. Like, I didn't get a great payoff with her mm-hmm. character. But for the most part, I really enjoyed everybody. And there were good twists. Um, there were things I didn't see coming. There was a little bit that I was like, oh, well, I know this still has to happen because it was in the trailer and we haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no complaints about this movie. It was exactly what I hoped it would be. Yeah, right now I have it at number seven. But honestly, I don't know. Like, the more I think about it, I'm like, maybe I should move it up. But I don't know. I just loved it. I thought it was very funny. And I don't go to that many comedies that I really like. So that was really refreshing. To, to go to so all right so, i had that at three by the way oh three okay cool um all right so uh then there was winchester and so i went out of my comfort zone saw this movie pg-13 horror movie this movie was stupid it did not work at all i didn't think it had like an okay premise but i don't know i just thought like i don't know i just thought it was dumb i thought all the scares were dumb i i didn't like it it wasn't good i didn't think and i'm pretty easy to scare so if you don't scare me um, and Helen Mirren's not in the movie as much as you think by the poster and everything. Um, so it didn't work. I didn't think. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's a really good premise that was completely squandered. Yeah. 
Um, I wasn't scared at all. I, I was bored a lot. Yeah. Um, it was just okay for me. So. Yeah. So I have Winchester at 23. In my okay. Yeah. I have it at 12. Mm, it would my, be the worst. My ranking sounds so high compared to yours because <laughs> I've seen many movies. Well, it, it, it's the worst movie if I take out the Sundance movies that I've seen okay. this year. Um, and then there was Forever My Girl. Uh, and I don't, did you see this? I did not. Okay. So this movie, you know, everybody knows, obviously I love a good disposable silly romance movie. I watch all those Hallmark movies. And that's probably where this movie belonged is on like Hallmark uh, or Lifetime or whatever. And But it's not the worst romance I've ever seen. I, I think the, the Jessica Roth, I think she's pretty good in it. Um, but I didn't really like the lead guy. He's, he was really, I wanted him to take a shower most of the time. I'm like, look dirty. And, and he was kind of unlikable and he didn't, you know, and that's a huge key. Like you have to have likable characters for a romance to work, I think. But at 21 in my ranking. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think it looked that good. It didn't even come to my town, so. Okay. Um, so there's another animated movie called Have a Nice Day that I was able to see. This was a 2017 release. Um, and this uh, is really cool. The animation is, uh, the animation is really cool. Uh, it, it has a, um, a graphic novel kind of comic book aesthetic to it, sort of. And uh, it's, it's a mafia movie, but it kind of throws in humor in weird ways. Um, and mafia movies just aren't my favorite. But I think if somebody really loved mafia movies, then they would really enjoy this movie because it's it is like the animation is cool it's it's pretty creative uh but it just wasn't my style i at 106 in my ranking but if it is if if an asian mafia kind of gritty bloody kind of animated movie if that sounds like your thing then you'll probably love it but so there you go um okay then um mom and dad you saw yeah, Mom and Dad, it's, um, it's an interesting storyline. It, it has Selma Blair and Nick Cage, um, and they, they are these parents. They're the mom and dad. Um, but in this community, in this town, for some reason, um, parents have this unexplained urge to just suddenly kill their kids. Um, so okay. it's, it's about the, the, these two kids, uh, Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair, um, them trying to avoid their parents as their parents are trying to murder them. It's a bit campy. It's, it's pretty fun. Um, it has really good reviews. Uh, I think I might've overhyped it a little bit in my mind before I went to see, before I saw it. Um, but it was still good. It was entertaining. It kept my attention. Um, it just kind of ends abruptly okay. and leaves you thinking, Oh, this doesn't feel like it was complete you know um but it was still good um and i put this at number nine for the year okay cool um yep. all right and then the, there's a couple of more that you've seen um the clapper i haven't even heard of that okay yeah the clapper um it has uh andy andy is his name in the office ed helm um okay. and amanda Seyfried. but it's about he's he's he lives in la and he is a um, person who goes to like live studio audiences and claps. 
basically. But um, what happens is he, uh, this late night show host, um, ends up doing this thing talking about, like he points out that the same guy is in all these different uh, commercials or um, ads, I guess, and he's clapping and they make it into this big sensation. Like, let's find this guy. Let's find the clapper. And so the clapper, he loses his job because like he can't keep clapping an audience as if people recognize him. Um, but it just, it has such a big plot for something that really, I think would not, it just, it didn't feel realistic to me at all. It's hard to explain, but like there's nothing about this guy clapping that would be late night worthy. He wouldn't have gotten the notoriety he's getting in this movie. I just could not buy into anything about this film. It all seemed way too fake. I can suspend my disbelief, but for this story to ring true, like it was impossible for me. So I really did not like it. I was very disappointed with it. And this is number 16 for the year for me. So only Proud Mary is worse. Mm. Okay. And then The Cloverfield Paradox. I did not watch this. I did not. Uh, I was too busy on Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday and, and with homework stuff I had to do. And and it seemed like uh, that like instantaneously everybody was like, oh, it was terrible. So it was, <laughs> I've never seen a movie go through like the whole sort of hype backlash culture like in like a day. It was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, and, and that's valid because, um, yeah, it it was pretty immediate that it reviews started coming out for it, and I realized, oh no, this isn't going to be great, is it? Because I love, I really like the Cloverfield movies, um, but yeah, this one was not, it wasn't great. Um, it seemed like it had an identity crisis. It was boring. It, I, I had the hardest time paying attention. And I think part of the problem was that I was in my bedroom watching it on TV because it was on Netflix and I had distractions around me and I'm like, eh, I'd rather play on my computer than pay attention to this movie. So it wasn't awful, but not very good. Mm -hmm. um, so I put this number 15 for the year. Okay. And then last for you is uh, Every Day. This is one I really want to see and I just haven't been able to yet. I think it looks really yeah. cool. Oh yeah, it's a it's a really good concept. Um, just okay, so it's about this this girl who meets this person who um, every day of their life they wake up in a different body of somebody the same age. So basically, they're growing older, and they're so like when they were five, they would be in a five year old. Now they're 17, 18, and 18-year-old. But they always start in a different body of somebody around the same location where they are currently. It's every day. Um, but it's every day, yeah. So, mm -hmm. so they, they try to meet every single day. Like, um, and it's basically them falling in love. I think it's a, a really interesting premise. It... I think it has a good message if you think about it about falling for somebody for who they are as a person and not necessarily what they look like because this girl she here she is like having to meet up with people of all different body types all different genders even um 
And I thought it was a really good concept that was pretty well executed. It wasn't great. Um, and I think it's kind of hard to invest it when you have all of these different actors and actresses being cycled through. But I mean, I liked it more than my friends did. Um, I would recommend it, especially if you like that kind of movie. So I put this at number 10 for the year. Mm, Cool. Yeah, I really want to see it. I think it looks good. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just thought I'd say really quick, I know we're uh, over time, but really quick, I just thought I'd give a little Sundance uh, recap, things to look out for that I saw. My favorite movie at Sundance is my second of the uh, favorite of the year. It's called Leave No Trace. It has Ben Foster and uh, and he plays this uh, he plays this uh, veteran, uh, our Afghanistan veteran who has decided to live off the grid because he can't like handle social interactions. And he has his daughter there with him. It was so moving. And I've I've really not liked a lot of these off the grid kind of movies because they over they make the person overly heroic. Like I hated the Glass Castle so much last year. And uh, this was so great. I really, I just was so moved by it. So I'll definitely look out for that. Uh, another movie I loved was called Eighth Grade, um, which I think is better than Lady Bird. And I think is better than Edge of 17. Similar kind of idea, coming of age story about a young girl um, who was in eighth grade, obviously finishing up the eighth grade. And I guess maybe I responded to it especially because she's like a YouTuber and she gives out these great advice for like, uh, for, for things that she's actually like really struggling with. So she like can't take her own advice kind of, and it was so well written. It was so funny. Uh, really good. Um, then, uh, won't you be my neighbor is a documentary about, uh, Fred Rogers from Mr. Rogers neighborhood. So sweet. So great. Uh, it really, it'll make you, if you have any fondness for him in his show, it'll really make you tear up. It was really good. Um, there was one called chef junior, which is another documentary about this child prodigy chef, um, which I, I just thought his like mother was the coolest person ever. And I loved uh, their like take on parenting. He, he's a free range uh, kid. They allowed him to kind of pursue his, his desires and dreams to the point that they're like having this pop-up restaurant in their house, like every day. It was super cool. And, um, and then there was a movie called Search that uh, is definitely gimmicky. The whole thing is told from the perspective of uh, the John Chu character, looking at his um, computer. He's trying to find his daughter. And so he's looking at who's gone missing. So he, it, it, but it was, I thought, it, I thought it was really entertaining. It was fun. It was exciting. Uh, it was a nice little thriller. And it, I'd never seen a movie like that. I guess there was one called Unfriended, but I didn't see it. Um, mm-hmm. But so I don't know how it compares to Unfriended, but it was, I, I recommend checking, looking out for that when it comes out. I thought it was, it was a good time. So those are the highlights. The worst, uh, well, I really hated both of the animated films that I saw at Sundance, White Fang and uh, Lulu Over the Wall. I didn't like that at all. Um, but uh, the, the one that was just gleefully bad, kind of like uh, Pottersville, um, is the movie Ophelia. And it stars oh. Daisy, it has this great cast, but oh man, it was supposed to be this like feminist empowerment version of Hamlet. It was so bad it was hilarious the queen she has this like secret uh twin sister and played by Naomi Watts who, who when she's bad she's really bad and she was terrible in this and she, she plays this like this this woman who lives this lives in the the forest and is like this this like evil enchantress or whatever 
I mean, it just completely goes off the rails. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> I was dying. And like, I was there with all these students, my friends, high school students that she, she's a teacher. And so I was like, like, like digging my nails into my hands, just trying to be like a good example to these youth, you know, cause it was not Latin, not laughing, but anyway, it was, it was a howler. And, uh, but uh, so it's kind of worth checking out on that level. But anyway, so those are the highlights of Sundance for me this year. So, and the low lights. <laughs> and the low lights. Gleefully low lights. I can't wait till the <laughs> tracks comes out for uh, Ophelia. She like uh, storms the castle at the end. And she's like this. And, and Hamlet is like this emo guy with like eye, you know, thick eyeliner. It was hilarious. Um, so, yeah. Um, I have, yeah, Leave No Trace is at two, eighth grade is at three, and Won't You Be My Neighbor is at four, and Search I have at nine, Little Junior Chef I have at eight, and then Ophelia I have at 24. <laughs> so there you go. So that's it. That's winner. And uh, so what would you say is maybe your favorite out of all of this? And uh, oh. your least favorite. Okay, um, my favorite is definitely The Greatest Showman. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely the movie that, like, I had no problems going back seeing multiple times, and I still could. That so, makes me yeah. so happy. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to have to defend it. Nope, nope. <laughs> love uh, that. I love that. Uh, yeah, I mean, actually, now I'm looking at my 2017 rankings, and it's of the films we talked about, it's my highest strength of 2017 is great. Okay. So there you go. And, <laughs> uh, and then 2018, uh, Paddington 2 is, Paddington 2 is probably the best movie that I've seen out of all the ones we talked about. Um, okay. The worst, uh, I don't know, like Pottersville was so bad. It was so hilariously bad. But I think the one that made me the most angry was probably Pitch Perfect 3. Okay. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I really hated it. So yeah, for me, the worst one that we talked about is definitely Proud Mary. It should be ashamed, Mary. She should not be proud of this. So. <laughs> okay, good deal. All right. Well, this was really fun. I really enjoyed talking about these. Yeah, it was fun, and I look forward to talking about um March and April. Joining me to talk about this. This is really fun. I love doing these. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, the David Healy, or you can find both of us on Facebook in our Film Freaks group. Um, it's just facebook.com slash Film Freaks group. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So you can check that out. And I have all links in the description section. And you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media and at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. And uh, so check that out. And uh, Thanks again, and we will uh, talk again in a couple couple of months, couple of weeks. <laughs>